0: Hello and welcome to the Modern Maker podcast for Thursday, December 28th, Uh, the last one in 2018. Today is National Card Playing Day. You guys got any good card games you like to play? Go fish. That's my go-to. That's that's (laughs) about (laughs) the only one I know how to
1: play.
2: (laughs) Very sophisticated. Yes.
0: Well, we uh, we won't dwell on that. Why don't we just hop into what we're working on?
1: Not a lot. It's really really cold and I lack the motivation to go out into the 20 degree weather to go build things. Uh
2: it's about this it's about the same here. Real 17 today. Man,
1: yeah. 77 here. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear it even. But no, I just I need to get some kind of like fireplace out in the shop or some kind of really big like sturdy space heater or something cuz I've got a small kerosene space heater, kind of what you would use in a, like a spare room that gets cold or something like that, but...
0: Yeah.
2: I, I, I got an idea. It was actually a project I was throwing throwing around, but you could do it. It'd be kind of like a funny gimmicky one. But uh, on like Amazon, they make these sort of like electric space heaters that kind of look like a little fireplace. Oh, okay. but, oh, yeah. and it, they, they actually work like surprisingly well like a few of my friends have gotten them for their like dogs because uh, their dogs stay in the garage and it's like so it always looks really funny because like the little dog is sitting by this like little fire pit in this, or, <laughs> or this little fireplace and it looks very scenic but you can do something like that and actually build like a cool surround for it
1: <laughs> oh and make it look legit yeah just find one that the fire looks real enough if the fire is convincing I can build everything else around it
2: yeah it, and yeah like i i am the first person to like be like fake stuff is pretty gross but they they look surprisingly solid
1: okay well maybe you think it'd be big enough to heat the heat a shop
2: uh yeah there's a few of them that are like that um do you you need air conditioning in the in the summer
1: I mean, it doesn't hurt, but I didn't have it this summer. For
2: about like, for about like 300 bucks, uh, we got one for our old architecture firm and it was like a a heat pump that you could just, uh, and you just have like, it looks like dryer hoses that connect to the outside and you can move it around and it can be both, uh, heat and, uh, cooling and it could do a, you know, about like a 800 to a thousand square foot space.
1: Nice. Okay. I'm going to start Googling for that.
0: And for that one, you have to build like an igloo looking thing that it sits in. (laughs) Yeah, because I was telling Chris earlier,
1: I've been gluing up projects and then bringing them into the house so that the glue will actually cure and be strong. Otherwise, it's cold enough to where if you let it cure out there overnight, you come back and it's almost like peanut brittle. The glue Mm. itself, you just snap it almost.
0: Yeah, you it, should it, glue it up in your house.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm a, I'm messy. <laughs> glue gets all over the floor, all over the workbench. I can only imagine.
2: We don't all have such neat gluing practices like you, Chris.
1: No, you gotta, I mean I could lay I could lay out a bunch of craft paper, I guess. There you go.
2: Yeah.
0: Like a kill room.
2: Yeah, I've actually been thinking of how I could use. Like we're working on some painting. Uh, we're painting some windowsills at our new shop, and. Yeah, the, the the paint's taking forever to dry because it's cold. Yeah. Um and it's right near the point where like uh, you know the the glass is really cold because it's not great insulated glass. But so I was definitely like the cold can be sort of a liability to getting things done. But I was trying to think like what I could actually take advantage of it for, and I was actually thinking, and I think I don't have time to do it uh, before all my traveling and stuff. But I think I'm gonna do or start planning an igloo project. Um,
1: a legitimate igloo.
2: Yeah, well, the way I was thinking of it was uh, I was thinking about, like, 3D printing, like, big molds. Like, yeah. basically big ice cube trays. <laughs> and then, like, uh, but big enough so that you could accomplish major chunks of the igloo, but small enough so that you could, like, you know, pick up the blocks and also, like, it would fit in the 3D printer. But I actually think that would be kind of cool. It's, like, printing these big <laughs> uh, trays and then, just, like, churning out. the. You'd also have to do them... Small enough so where they could actually freeze overnight, um, and you need like a stretch of freezing weather. But
1: do you think it would work if you could figure out how to make like snowpack cubes instead of like pouring water in and then letting it freeze overnight? Is there a way to condense snow into cubes?
2: Yeah, you know, that's actually probably a better idea. Um, I don't think they'd have they'd be as strong. Uh-huh. Um, but it might be some sort of hybrid. As you go higher up towards like the roof ones, you might do them out of packed snow also so it's like a block of ice doesn't fall on your head.
1: It might be a little bit lighter too, a little less yeah. dense. Yeah.
0: I know um, nothing about snow being from Southern California, but what if you like packed it in but left enough room so then you poured water into it so like the snow was taking up the bulk of the volume, kind of like putting a piece of foam into cement or something?
2: Yeah, I think some, some sort of hybrid approach like that w- would do it. And then the main thing is I have to figure out a way to put like some sort of ropes or some sort of tension devices like through them so they could be kind of like, uh, you know, so it wouldn't start to melt and then big chunks of ice falling from overhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But <laughs> it's something I'm thinking about. So- something like that, some way to make, because it's also, you could do some really cool sort of ice installation art like with that kind of stuff too, because you could make something incredibly huge and crazy, but then it just all melts away.
0: Sweet. Chris, what nice. are you working on? So let's see, today I finished up the miniature version of the bookshelf that I was talking about last week, which it's actually, this is the big one sitting right here behind me. You guys can see part of it right here since I'm recording from home for once today. Um, Yeah, man, I love it. Like, it's funny when I was building it, my wife came pulling up and and she's like, man, that thing's so cute. (laughs) Because it it almost is like little kid play furniture size. That's how I would describe it. Um, But yeah, it's cool. It's like really fun to build something small and like, I really tried to go all out as much as I could. So like all the shelves that on this one are made of three quarter inch plywood, I got hardwood and milled it down to three eighths of an inch. So it's half the thickness. Um, The only thing that I was having a little bit of trouble with was the hinge because the hinges on this one, you can, they're exposed hinges. You can see them, but I couldn't find small enough hinges that would work. So they would have looked really funny if I had exposed one. So I just got some bloom ones that are concealed. So you can't really see them. So that's like one of the main differences, I guess, aesthetically that I couldn't really figure out a good way to overcome. So anyway, finish that up today. And then tomorrow I'm going to get started on a media console for um, a new sponsor that I'm going to do. So I'm going to, this one's going to have a pretty quick turnaround. Hopefully it'll, well, for me, a quick turnaround. It's getting slotted ahead of some other things. And I think it's going to come out in either early or mid January. I'm not sure yet, but it's going to be a media console that would... The theme is like man cave, although it's not going to be like... When I think of man cave, I normally think of like dark and rustic kind of stuff, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stick with my kind of aesthetic. But one of the one of the parts of it was that the company wanted me to use some different types of tools than the stuff that I normally use. Oh, okay, um, Some more like DIYer type stuff. So... I got a job site table saw that like literally like right before we started recording, I just came in from putting it all together. So got it all together. Haven't turned it on yet or made a cut, but I'm just kind of like trying to figure out all the how the fence works and all that stuff. I have no idea yet. Maybe I'll go watch a video or something after this. Um, Yeah, I got that. I got a circular saw, got uh, an impact driver, which well, I'll talk about that part later because that might be my obsession of the week, but man. Impact drivers actually, I'll just are great. Do now. Yeah, let's yeah. do it because impact let's,
1: drivers are amazing.
0: I got to give a shout out to Johnny from Crafted Workshop. He was making fun of me when he was here saying like, how do you not have an impact driver? Because I would always just use regular drills. I didn't realize you didn't have one. Yeah. I didn't. I had I never used one before until he brought his and I used it and then I still didn't get one. Those things are like magical. I don't even know how, <laughs> they, how they screw in some of the things that I couldn't do with a regular screw, but man, love yeah. it. If anybody doesn't have one, just... Hit pause. Go buy one, and then come back.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it's something that like I hadn't gotten familiar with until like maybe a couple years ago, and then now I, I was like, "How did I ever live without them?" Um, especially since I'm often driving like three inch long screws through like either multiple layers of plywood or through sort of construction lumber. Mm-hmm. It's amazing like how much better they do it with this sort of like ratcheting kind of action that just makes the screws. the The one thing. took a while to get used to is that they're super noisy yeah Uh, yeah they are noisy um
0: especially if you're using them inside of a cabinet where it like echoes back and forth
2: yeah i I use if i'm doing a lot of stuff with a impact driver i'm definitely using uh hearing protection although the new uh ryobi ones they have they have this technology called quiet strike and it's like it sounds more like lasery and less sort of loud um Mm. but still something probably should wear like hearing protection for How's life adjusting to like the more pedestrian kind of weekend warrior tools?
0: I, I haven't built the project yet, so I'll probably report back on that next week. So, so far, I'll, I tested out the circular saw. I'd actually never used like a non-festival <laughs> circular saw before in my life. Jeez. Like, Because here's the thing, like I grew up extremely unhandy. That's something that people don't know about. Like, I, not that I was unhandy, I just never did anything. Like I, I never tried building anything. I never had any tools. Didn't know anybody with tools, so I never had a circular saw. And then the I didn't have a track saw either for I don't know the first year and a half that I was building stuff. And then eventually got one, and that was the one I got. Never used another one. So I was just kind of like putting it to, or I, I got it out the, today. I was just kind of like bored for a half hour. And I was just playing around cutting stuff, and yeah, it was. Cut and smooth. It was nice, so no complaints about it. And it'll be interesting to use the table saw. I mean, it seems pretty sturdy.
2: It, it's funny with a lot of these tools, people have the perception that they're not accurate, and it might be because they've used them a few times and they've had inaccurate experiences using circular saws and you know, sort of uh, portable table saws. Mm-hmm. What I but but when you actually ask them, well, how old was the tool? It was like, oh, it was my dad's and stuff like yeah. that. So it's kind of like someone saying that, like. Oh, I drove like a Honda Civic once, and they drove like the 1982 one. <laughs> or hey, those
0: are classics.
2: And there's been a lot of improvements, right? Or
0: yeah.
2: Uh, so also, it's like they may have tried one that's been like left out or sort of banged up. So people were so surprised that I did that that walnut dining table for Dwell using just the circular saw and using just sort of like, you know, almost like construction tools, you know, just a sort of mm-hmm. basic sort of Ryobi circular saw drill orbital sander. Um, but it's a new one. It had a f- clean, uh, fresh blade. It hadn't been left outside. Nobody had stepped it or thrown it into the back of the truck where, you know, the, the guard sort of gets bent or things like that. Right. Um, a lot of times people take circular saws and they'll put them in the bottom of a job box and stack a whole bunch of tools on top of them that are like putting pressure and like bending the guard out of like right. 90 degrees so uh yeah it, it's an interesting thing like when you actually take care of the tools or get new ones uh you'll be surprised at uh how accurate you can get i think you're gonna be pleasantly surprised how about the 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 lack of sort of drop off in abilities using these sort of tools
0: Yeah, I mean, I was just playing around, like after I got the table saw put together, I was just, I set it up out on the driveway and I was just kind of like pushing on it to see if it would wobble at all. And I mean, the legs are splayed out and it's super sturdy. Like, you know, I'm sure anything you could balance on there. So if you were trying to cut like a full sheet of plywood, as long as you can handle it, I think the saw could handle it. You'd you'd have to try to tip it over to tip it over. So what all did you get? So that one, it's a DeWalt. I don't know the model number, but it's a DeWalt job site saw. And then I got this like combo pack with the 20... 20- it's also DeWalt mm-hmm. with like a a driver, impact driver, um, like a little flashlight thing, a circular saw, and then two 20-volt va- batteries. Sweet. Yeah, and then just like little doodads that, you know... Gotta have the doodad Speed square and that kind of stuff. Gotta have doodads. Awesome. Doodads is, is important. <laughs> awesome. <All right>. Well, <laughs> I guess
1: we can move on into the topic for this episode, and that is basically new year's resolutions i think is what we came up with since this is the last episode of 2017 i guess we can kind of talk about the the big plans that we have for 2018 maybe so we'll keep too.
0: it like work related more than anything you like want lo- whether it's personal weight. work
1: i get whatever you want man it's it's an open forum who wants All to right. go first
2: i uh, will ben does um so the main one for me uh, is fewer projects, but bigger projects. Um, mm. And I think I've sort of hinted at, at this, I think uh, a, a few times on the podcast, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, not going to be doing the channel. will be putting out as many videos, but all of those will be Jesse and Jamie doing them, but I'm going to be focusing more on much bigger projects and, uh, you know, the, even projects that are substantially bigger than the, the solar shed. So the, I was just in Atlanta, uh, meeting with home Depot and we're moving forward with a project to actually build a whole house. I'm buying two shipping containers and uh, I just bought some land in Joshua tree. Uh, I got about 10 acres and am going to be doing a full, uh, you know, from nothing to everything, uh, construction of an entire uh, uh, house. It was supposed to be a tiny house, but it seems like it's it's growing a little bit. <laughs> um, it'll be a
0: regular.
1: House. It's not tiny now. It's just a small house.
2: <laughs> it'll be under a thousand square feet. So okay. Th- th- okay. I think I think that's pretty on the on, on the tiny side. Um, but by far the biggest project uh, I've ever done, um, and is. You know, very much sort of marrying uh, my architecture background with my sort of now sort of uh, design and and DIY sort of making uh, present. So, you know, just, just closed on the land uh, this week and uh, now going through the process of, uh, you know, working with Home Depot to sort of pick out all the products that they want sort of featured and, you know, coming together with a plan to actually Pull this whole thing off. Um, <laughs> so it's good. It's, uh, you know, just, I, you know, today I've just been in meetings all day figuring out things. So I had to meet with my architecture team, uh, to have meetings with surveyors, had to f- figure out sort of uh, building code requirements that are actually really challenging for uh, insulating a, California in particular has really stringent sort of energy codes. Mm. So making a shipping container uh sort of you know to to meet sort of uh you know probably the strictest codes in the in the country for a single family resident is no small task so it's it's sort of what i wanted right like um it's definitely uh a project that's sort of waking me up and i'm feeling oh wow i I have to really focus i can't just sort of sleepwalk through this big Um, and there's
0: a lot of moving parts
2: yeah, I think it's as simple as just the uh, – it's exciting. Yeah. Um, and it's unpredictable. And there will be really annoying, difficult parts, and there will be really exciting – wow, I can't believe that came together parts. Um, but it's uh, It's breaking the sort of monotony or the, the cycle of what I've been doing last year, um, which was awesome and really fun. But, uh, yeah, so I think it's like a, a great next step still working on timeline and stuff like that but we're definitely starting construction in the first half of 2018 and uh yeah you know if you keep listening to the podcast and following my instagram you'll get little hints uh so yeah that's my my big resolution is that which is bigger projects fewer projects
0: Mike, what's one of your resolutions?
1: Um, as y'all know, I've started delving into SketchUp and learning a little bit of 3D modeling, something that I've been wanting to do for quite a while. And it's not necessarily for the sake of having the plans. The plans are great, but it's more of a skill builder is what I want it to be. Is I want a PDF, SketchUp, solid plan, like a real write-up for every project mm-hmm. this year as long as it's not some kind of funky thing that's just really hard to... right? Like one egg of those table. egg tables or any kind of round yeah. something weird or other. Any kind of real woodworking project is going to have a proper 3D model and plan so that people that want to build it can build it easier. Um, if people want to alter the design, I'm going to give the SketchUp file as well. That way they can download it and just change anything they want or you know, modify this one aspect right. and be able to build it and change it up to fit their space. So that's one thing. And then... The second, I've really been toying with the idea of a second channel, and there's a couple different things I could do with it. But the main thing is, and I'm sure it's with this pretty similar with you guys. Anytime I build something, uh, whether it's the like the dowel shelf that I built, where it was the the four legs or the four legs were these big dowels, and then it was basically plywood shelves that the dowels went through. Um, right. Building that, I had four other projects come to mind in the process of building it but mm-hmm. I didn't build them for the channel cuz I thought it was rehashing the same idea. Yeah. Even though I want even though I wanted to keep experimenting with that process and everything I was like okay I got to move on cuz somebody that sees this might think that I'm just doing the same thing over again. But if mm-hmm. I have a second channel the idea isn't to build this second channel into a huge audience. If that happens awesome I'm totally open to getting a huge audience on it but it's more for being able to experiment, take a practice, whether it's a design idea or a certain technique, and be able to just use that to dive deeper into the things I'm interested in.
0: You know, okay, here's a question related to that, something that I think about as I think about like the long run of things and inevitably, as I'll probably build projects that are similar to other projects of mine. Have you, either of you guys, built anything that was like, pretty similar to another build that you've done. And like how, what response did you see from that? Um,
1: a a few months back, the paracord stool and the side table that I built, that was kind of a little similar to yours in, in the base, how it had those splayed legs. I used (laughs) a really similar leg design on both of those, the stool and the, and the table. And I had a few people say that they noticed that it was similar, but I didn't really get any real backlash from it at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah, imagine I would either.
0: No, yeah, that's what I, I always think about that because I know there's going to come a time where there's just like things that I'll want to build or need to build for myself that are maybe a little bit similar to something else that I've done. Like, I mean, actually, even right now, I'm thinking I'm, within the next couple months, I'm probably going to build a ba- another baby dresser. Yeah, and I'm sure it'll be fairly similar to the one that I built for my friend in a lot of ways. And I don't think that's an issue because I mean, if you think about... I mean like any woodworking project if you're, you know, you're building a cabinet that a shelf goes into like, you know, they're always 90% <laughs> similar. <laughs> it's a
1: box with drawers. I mean Exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's the little little aesthetic things that are different. So I think like as long as you can find one new aesthetic technique or something that you haven't tried before that you can work into it and maybe you just like focus on that a little bit more with this video and mm-hmm. you know, the rest of the stuff you can gloss over a little bit more because you've already covered that. And, and maybe it's not as interesting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it still works. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be building a floating end table nightstand kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I was thinking the same thing. I built a side table or a nightstand, whatever you want to call it, probably three yeah. months ago, four months ago. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, well, I want to build the box for it the exact same way I built the other one, because that's just how I like to build boxes. It's quick and easy. But right. then again, I'm sitting there like, dang but is it yeah. is it too close is it too similar that people are going to be like well i've already watched this video basically so i don't know i've been racking my mind a little bit on how i can switch things up
0: if i had to guess it's probably one of those things where we're more concerned with it than other people would be yeah and we probably remember
1: our videos a lot better than other people remember our videos
0: you know right you're not you're <laughs> other people are not thinking about what you built for 50 hours a week whereas you are so yeah it's it's not as much of a deal but yeah that's I feel like it's the way that it kind of has to be just because you don't want to reinvent the wheel just for the sake of doing something different every time you do a new project.
1: And then the other thing that I thought would be really interesting with this second channel is I want to do a floating nightstand with a hidden gun compartment in it. No, I don't know if I want to put that on my main channel Polarizing. I'm totally Why? like I've got no qualms about it personally. And if people want to give me crap, that's fine. But I want my second channel, uh, little teaser. I might have it be Patreon funded. I like the idea of having a second channel that's completely sponsor free,
2: like um, Modern Pills After Dark.
1: Exactly. I can say what I want. I can do what I want. I no, it won't be anything crazy like that. But I, I, I like to have it. I like the idea of having this second channel that's like just very community based, um, where I can, I can kind of do go a little left field with ideas and not feel so cautious about it. Uh, because right. I don't have to worry about my analytics so much.
2: Here, here's my thoughts on on both those things. Um, yeah. Is when when it comes to a project being similar to something you've done in the past, uh, I think what people often are talking about they're talking about geometry, yeah. and geometry is just a very small part of the overall uh, video. So, you know the the technique that you might use might be different, the tools you use might be different. Uh, I've made a lot of things that look very similar, but with totally different techniques. I made a second bucket stool video because I figured out a way to reinforce it and to solve a problem. As long as the video isn't the same, I think it's fine. And I, I wouldn't worry about it at all. Like I would, I would trust your intuition, uh, on that. If it feels new to you, then, then do it. The other thing is people might've missed the first one, uh, right. even if it is similar Or you might stage it differently. The the, it will come out different Um, unless you're. You know, it's not like you're reposting the same old uh, footage. Exactly. Now, when it comes to the sort of gun things, is uh, I don't own any guns. I have no problem with guns. Um, I I just hope people are responsible uh, with them. I have friends that are very against guns, and I have friends that own lots of guns. The way I'm looking at media is, you know, a lot of people are trying to be really, really careful um, and really avoid things. Right. But th- I know that the media that I tend to like is more authentic. Yeah. And I wouldn't go out and buy guns just so you can do a gun video. But I, if it is something that is that you know that you use and use responsibly, then then go for it. I get a lot of crap whenever I post something with leather or if I, if I post anything sort of meat-related. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be doing an upcoming uh, video that's going to feature sort of cooking a steak and serving it on these uh, specialty sort of steak boards I made for a restaurant.
0: Murder. Um, yeah.
2: <laughs> people, people will get uh, upset about that, and, and that's totally okay. Um, but, you know, I was, I was looking at the, the charts for podcasts like a few weeks ago, uh, I was looking at like the top 10, what are the top 10 most popular podcasts on iTunes? And I think like Joe Rogan had like three of the top 10. And I was thinking, like, wow, there's someone that's like not care. I mean, w- whatever you think of him, uh, he's not careful with his sort of media. He's thoughtful, but he's not careful. He's a little off the cuff. He's a little irreverent. He says a lot of inappropriate things, ha- says some really interesting things, has crazy people on, has really smart people on, runs the full gamut. Um, but people, I think, you know, whether they like him, they find him at least authentic to what his interests are. Yeah. Um, and some of his interests are sort of a mainstream and some of them are more extreme. Um, and I think that's the way sort of media is going is that uh, – and, and what's funny is that he was beating out so many podcasts that have huge teams producing them and, you know, with like multiple hosts, lots of production value. So – in my mind is like I think you're an interesting person. If you have like a thoughtful idea that's related to something that's that's uh, can be a bit of a hot button topic, do it. You know, just do it re- responsibly.
1: Right, and that's and that's my point of view too. Like I'm not apolo- I'm not apologetic for wanting to build the nightstand with a hidden gun compartment in it. I mean, I, I own guns, I like guns, I'm safe with guns, and it's a good home defense thing. But my only perspective on it is or not my only perspective but the perspective that i'm taking on this is the video with this could do great mm-hmm. i think the fact that i'm building a floating nightstand with hidden with a hidden gun compartment is going to do better than just a floating nightstand video i think Probably. i think it'll make it perform better but the only issue with that is because that might perform better that might cause more a little bit more of a stir up which could then later on detract some kind of sponsor thing from happening because i was associated with it and so that's why i'm looking at doing the second channel is not to avoid doing certain things but more from just taking away a little bit of the liability and the repercussions of doing it you know what i mean
0: you might say you're a little gun shy uh (laughs)
1: no i'm just shy of i'm shy of the haters man no (laughs) you
2: know i I think it's something that people like to talk about but If people really didn't want to see media with guns in them, I'm guessing uh, so much television and movie programming that prominently (laughs) features guns wouldn't have been as, uh, wouldn't be as popular as it is. Exactly. And that's, I'm not saying that with any sort of judgment. I'm just saying that sort of like, it's not, it's it's true. Like, uh, there's a lot of depictions of sort of uh, guns and things. Yeah. But- when they can connect it to a real person, you you'll get some backlash for it, but but I, I would even remove all of that, right? Like, just think of it from a design opportunity, right? Like, and embrace and explore the 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 criticism, right? Right. So, th- I mean, it is true that people that uh, that have guns in the house are m- more likely to suffer <laughs> self-inflicted or, you know, those guns. Can- you know, their, their, their likelihood of sort of death by, uh, firearms, uh, goes up. And so like not just designing a place for it to be that's hidden, but figuring out how to make it sort of safe, you know, do you incorporate some sort of, you know, fingerprint identity lock? The other thing that's really interesting, if, if, if home defense is sort of a concern, it's that conundrum of keeping it safe from other people, but accessible to you. That's a really interesting sort of design challenge. How do you make something where it's safe and ready, but also safe and protected and hard to get to?
1: Yeah, I think my whole point of view is just I'm going to make it regardless. And if I can avoid the repercussions of becoming the gun channel that sponsors are scared of, <laughs> then then it's worth it. You know, because um, I'm still putting it out there. The people that are interested and the people that are searching. If somebody's searching DIY nightstand with gun storage or whatever, whatever that search term is, they're going to find it, whether it's on Modern Builds or Modern Builds 2 or whatever I named the Mm -hmm. channel Um, or Modern Builds After Dark. So so either way, I'm making the video. So suck it, haters. Uh, (laughs) Modern Builds. Ricochet.
0: (laughs) yeah now that uh now that we're done talking about guns can we do a quick 15 on abortion
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. No, 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 no no let's move no. on let's move on <laughs> all
0: right let's see resolutions my, chris my first resolution i didn't write anything down so i forgot what i was gonna say let me think okay yes yes less so, puns <laughs> the, less puns that's no way more gotta yeah. ramp it up for 2018 no um let's see so going into this year into 2017 So I had been doing the content creation thing for like nine months and didn't really have like any business, uh, I don't know, aspirations, I guess, with it. I I just kind of started doing it and it started growing and I was like, oh, cool. And then going into the year, I was like, okay, I need to like start thinking about this as a business. So that was sort of my resolution this year. And I feel like I've done a, a decent job with that. And like, I have a little business going now. And so now... Moving into next year, I want to start not not I don't know if if transitioning is the right word, but maybe just like laying the groundwork for what I think are my long term business strategies or like how I can make this a sustainable thing. Mm -hmm. So one of the things which we've kind of talked about off the air before was, you know, I've gotten a lot of of uh, requests for plans and I've always just kind of been like, yeah, I want to do it, but haven't really taken the steps to do it. And so I do want to do it, but I don't want to do it in a traditional sense of, you know, $10 or whatever. And here's the PDF and the SketchUp file. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just, I don't know. I'm just not that interested in doing that for whatever reason. But I would kind of like to do something where it was like, you know, maybe three projects a year, some of the bigger projects, in addition to making my video that I put out that everybody sees on YouTube, that's you know the more, you know it's, it's informational. But at the end of the day, I really think of them more as entertainment than educational or It would be a, it would
1: be like a standard Four Eyes video. It would be what you're. It would used be a to. normal Four Eyes yeah. video.
0: But then in addition to that, do maybe like you know an hour long version where like I really you know less produced in terms of like camera shots and whatever a lot more straightforward and more um narration based on like techniques and how you know whatever little tricks i i use to make this piece and like really focus on like if you want to build this you know you'll have everything you need to build it and i'll kind of walk you through step by step so when you,
1: of- in, when you talk about it when you talk about instructional do you mean like if this is the first project you want to build i'm going to tell you everything you need to know or like
0: um, so I, I think that they would be in different segments. So, you know, mm-hmm. you'd, if it was a beginner type project, then you would oh, go over that. Okay. If it was more of like an advanced project, I think there would be some assumptions. Kind that, of have levels. Right. Yeah. And so kind of like what the Wood Whisperer is doing, you know, I think he has a really good business model for somebody like me. Whereas I don't know if what I'm doing is sustainable, at least at least not in terms of doing the projects that interest me most and that I enjoy most, which is like the bigger pieces of furniture. You know, it's not realistic to build three of those a month, right? right. It's, it's just, <laughs> even if they were magically built, designing three pieces like that a month, that'd be crazy. So if I can start kind of laying the groundwork for that at some point this year, and then the the part that i struggle with is i have my regular kind of videos i'm doing i have this furniture thing that i'm doing and so there's only so much of me that i can spread around and i don't want to i don't want to short sell myself on one thing because i'm trying to do too many things so my hope is that this year i can at least like guinea pig you know, at least one of those. Just try it out, even if I don't put it out there. Like, just with one project that I do, just take all the extra footage and try producing it and, like, see what all goes into it and if it's something that I'd like to do. But that's one of my resolutions, I guess, in a, a long roundabout way, is to start thinking about a more sustainable business model for me for the long term. And when
1: we say long-term, is that like a sustainable business model that will eventually take the place of your job essentially? Yeah. That's like try. It's like trying to find that route that can be your full time.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. Honestly, it's just like, because of of life circumstances, the way they are, I can't do it right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that, you know, even if things were the way that they were right now, and then those things change in two years from now, I think I'd be able to go full time of doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, kind of just thinking of it long term, and you know, building some—I uh, don't know—some income streams for myself that you know hopefully can you do the you do a lot of work up front, but they can keep giving back to you as new people discover them. Awesome! Yeah, that's cool.
1: Have you uh, have you talked to
0: the Wood Whisperer? I've talked to him before, but not about this. Uh, I I really should reach out to him because I mean. <laughs> He's a nice guy and why would you, he, he's such a resource and has been doing this. And I think that it kind of fits nicely with something that I would like to do. So maybe that'll be my new year's resolution. The first, the first little step will be, I'll reach out to Mark. Mark, if you're listening, expect a call. <laughs> You've been warned.
2: How do you think about it versus like sort of uh, furniture design versus sort of woodworking? Like ha- you how mean you mean see- the,
0: the videos? Like in terms of those videos?
2: Yeah. So, or not, not Not so much just the videos, but in, cause you're, you're talking about plans and uh-huh. the minute you talk about plans, you're talking about content sort of outside, uh, the video. Mm-hmm. And that's also very design related. Yep. Um, so you'll be producing furniture designs in addition to sort of woodworking content. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that will sort of inform how you sort of think about what you're doing? You know, sort of thinking more about like, okay, I'm creating new sort of projects as opposed to doing demonstrations of a particular genre of making.
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, I haven't really thought about that. The way that I think about it is like, I think there are certain things that I'm already building and designing that are good candidates for those kind of videos. So I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm already doing that work of it and really the the extra work that's going to be entailed with it not to say that this is anything small would be going through you know filming all those extra parts and talking about all those extra things and just like explaining myself further of what I'm doing mm-hmm. but I feel like the design work I, I don't think anything really needs to change from what I'm doing like i mean honestly if i were to do this and it was and i found out yes this is something i want to do i think there are already like you know five or six projects that i've already done that i would want to go back and rebuild and make these videos for because i just think that they're good candidates for that type of content and you know i can kind of i i kind of have like a a built-in survey just in terms of the requests that i get from people for like hey do you have a plan for this The the types of things that they would be interested in building um But yeah, that's kind of the way that I think about it. It's kind of interesting
1: from my perspective, whether it's from a business side or an audience building side, in in, in the course of a year, there's usually like four or five videos that are like the the keystones. They're the ones that are getting the majority of the views. They're the ones that are bringing new viewers to your channel. And Mm -hmm. if you look at it from just a, a Google like AdSense thing in terms of just the built in revenue from YouTube, they're the ones that are making the majority of the money. It's like all the rest of your videos kind of add up to what one of these three or four videos do in a year. And it's kind of a weird thing because you can look back if if you are planning on doing old projects, that's awesome because you know the ones that everyone has really loved and probably want to build themselves. But it's kind of an interesting challenge and kind of a risky bet because now you have to say, okay, I've got these 15 things I want to build in the year what four things do I think are going to be the ones that are going to be the bombshells that everyone wants to build and that everyone wants to watch and see more of?
0: And it's probably one of those things that there is no way to know. And then you just kind of learn more as you go along. And I'm sure if you, if you talked to Mark, the Wood Whisperer, he would probably tell you that it's, you know, making those plans is probably similar to making videos where, you know, you're going to have like a small handful of videos or projects that really perform for you. Yeah. And you know, maybe you can kind of guess as to what those are, but there's always going to be little surprises that, you know, you didn't account for. Or something that you thought was going to be great, but doesn't <laughs> register the way that you thought it was going to be for whatever reasons. So. Everybody
1: has those picnic tables, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. What was your most disappointing project of the year? Oh, that's
1: a good one. We could all do that. Um, <laughs> most disappointing project for the year. I don't know. Um... I would say either the, the picnic table or the the candles video
2: mm-hmm. for a
1: couple different reasons. One, that one just performed really, really bad, the picnic table. And I don't think the design was anything I was incredibly proud of. I thought it was interesting and I thought it was a cool little switch up on the classic picnic table. But mm-hmm. it wasn't anything that was groundbreaking that I was really like proud of and like, this is my keystone moment. It wasn't anything like that, but it just kind of flopped. But what was weird and a little bit more insightful and maybe a little bit more impactful or like influential on the way I'm going to go into 2018 is that was the first project that there was no woodworking at all and it totally mm. bombed. Nobody watched it. People want to see you woodwork then. Maybe. That was, it was just kind of insightful where it wasn't it wasn't concrete and it wasn't woodworking and nobody watched it. So the candles? Yeah. So maybe maybe I I don't know. There you go. That's why I have a second channel. If I want to experiment like that, put it on the second channel. The main channel is where the gravy is in terms of projects. That's where the that's the meat and potatoes. And if I want to go outside of that, I can stick it on the second channel. And the people that are interested in what I'm doing and want to see that kind of stuff, they can keep watching it. But the people that want to see the, the woodworking get to watch the woodworking. Nice.
0: What about Ben? Do you have a most disappointing project of the year?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um... I can't, nothing comes to mind. I mean, certainly if from like a business standpoint, if you just look at the, you know, you look at the videos on YouTube that got the least amount of views that I posted that year, that would certainly do it. But (laughs) those, those ones often are, are ones that I like, you know, I, I think one of my favorite projects from the first few years of me doing this was the, the chair I made out of plywood and zip ties. Uh, from a design standpoint, that was one of the projects I liked the most, and it was one of the least viewed ones. Um, but it wasn't disappointing. And then it worked in different ways. It has done really well in sort of design circles and ended up in museums and publications and all sorts of things. It didn't do well on YouTube in terms of a mass audience, but it did well in terms of like my sort of design peer group, uh, which is also important to me. So I think that's, you know, when you look at sort of what you know what didn't work in one aspect, the, the question is did it work somewhere else? So with the the candle video mic, the thing I would sort of ask the question is, maybe it didn't uh, do the box office that you were sort of hoping, mm-hmm. but it was also probably pretty cost efficient in terms of material resources and probably not super time consuming. Um, and there are also things that you can use as sort of staging devices in, uh, and other things. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and the, the, the analytic you'd have to look at for that, right. It might be a video. And I've seen this happen a few times. I think this is often neglected with sort of YouTube is when people focus on view numbers, they're really looking most often at, uh, the thing that sort of would trigger good view numbers would be you publish it. Notifications get sent to, your subscribers if they like the thumbnail uh, thumbnail and the title they're going to click it the more they like that the, the bigger proportion of your sort of initial audience is going to see it if a lot of those people really like the video after finishing watching it and then share it and youtube sort of realizes that and go oh chris or mike just made this super popular video that their subscribers really like let's feature it within these categories and then other people like it and then share it and then it can go really big right Mm-hmm. but what it's saying is it's uh it's making it, it's ins- so when people sort of respond that way they are always trying to feed what their current subscribers like um where if you do a video like the candle i don't know that this happened but this certainly could happen where a lot of your subscribers didn't click on it because they're like yeah i don't want to see mike build make a candle," mm-hmm. um, but. The, the interesting analytic would be sort of looking at the percentage of views that came from your subscribers or from outside search. Yeah. So even if there was a low total views, but if it had a disproportionately high outside sort of search volume coming into it, hugely successful, because it might get you for how much effort it is disproportionately more new subscribers or new viewers for the first time to your channel. So, and then those
1: viewers are more apt to be interested in things outside of the everyday.
2: Exactly. So yeah, it's, it's always, you know, definitely draw conclusions, definitely take action on, on hunches, but uh, be careful not to be definitive with the, the conclusions, just sort of like Huh. This seems to make sense right now, so I'm now Mm -hmm. going to steer slightly to this direction. But it doesn't mean that we know that craft-sized projects don't work for your channel, because like the for me, it's like the I have two examples of it. the The first Lego and concrete video I did didn't do a lot of views.
1: Then you did the end table.
2: (laughs) Then I did that one, and it did five million views. Yeah. And uh, for the the molten metal ones. The first uh, kinetic sand molten metal video I did, did over a million, like right away. The second one I did uh, probably like had 100,000, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot. But so in, in either case, if I would have drawn the conclusion from the first Lego and concrete video that, oh, nobody cares about this, I would have been wrong. And if I would have drawn a conclusion th- uh, from the first kinetic sand and molten metal video that people love seeing this, I would also be wrong.
0: Mm-hmm
1: it's all in it's kind of all in the application it's not just the technique or it's not just one thing it's you got to keep in mind that it's the whole video it's the whole thing so
0: yeah that's cool stuff cool stuff well see now i know that i need to make a second lego video because i would say my most (laughs) disappointing video (laughs) would be that lego (laughs) bench that i put up which i know i think probably a lot of that has to do with the presentation style being different and all that and to your candle point of just like, you know, not what people think about when they think about me or whatever, but got to do number two now because that one's going to sure to get 5 million views. If I do a second one,
2: no doubt. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then actually not, I wouldn't call this one disappointing, but like when I just think about the effort that I put into it compared to the outcome of it. So actually this was going to be something else that we could go over would be like, what was your personal favorite project that you worked on this year? And so one of mine was the, the record player was one of my favorite things that I worked on this year and it performed decently, but I don't know why. Like I thought like, Oh, this one should be every bit as big as bad Larry or the Xbox shelf or whatever. And I think it's because, okay. So like something like the bad Larry, I had designed years before and then now i just happen to be building it and so that in my mind it's like oh i didn't put as much into this one because i'd already done the work beforehand but with the record player i felt like i spent a lot of time like you know i came up with so many iterations of that design until like i settled on this one and so in my head i'm like wow i put so much effort and thought into this design but then to see that like oh it didn't perform as well as those things makes it seem disappointing internally to me. But like, you know, when I really just look at it in the grand scheme of things, it did about what it probably should have done. But yeah, that was one of my favorite projects just because I it, it was an original design that I had to put a lot of thought into and where the design, a lot of the choices were dictated by like certain other constants that I wanted to have or that, you know, started because of the client that I was working with. Um, and so I always like anytime that there's like that, kind of like box that you're put into and then you have to come up with a solution and that dictates a lot of the outcomes.
1: Yeah. It, it makes it more of a design challenge rather than just coming up with mm-hmm. something and building it. Yeah. Right. What was yours, Ben?
2: Uh, plywood table. The um, one sheet one? Yeah. Oh, wow. it's, it's like the, yeah, it did good views, not nothing crazy, but I think it's like the type of projects that I think are really interesting that I think are, are useful And I've seen quite a few people build them, Um, so for for me, it's like it's the type of project that uh, I sort of had envisioned when I started homemade modern is affordable, accessible, interesting, uh, and sort of resource efficient. Um, So it checks all the sort of uh, uh, the boxes of of what I want to do, and yeah, I also think it looks cool.
0: Awesome, quintessential homemade modern. Yeah, Yeah. I really like the the bathroom remodel
1: was pretty cool It was the first time I took a project like that on I'd never done any kind of remodel or anything just to that scale So doing something that size doing it in my opinion I think I did it well and it and the video performed well and not to mention the mirror I guess that kind of is wrapped up into that whole project, too So (laughs) overcoming the biggest design challenge of my life (laughs)
0: Yeah, Uh, or building obstacle at least.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that one was pretty cool. So, I got to say that.
0: All right, cool. Should we uh hop into a hypothetical last of the year? The last yes. one, make it a good one. Okay, here we go. <laughs> this is one that I thought of the other day. So, what if let's let's hop 20 years into the future and look back at now? More future questions. Yes, more time related <laughs> ones. You know, as we go into the future in yeah. 2018, it seems pertinent. Um, what thing that like exists now or that we do now do you think people will look back at in 20 years and just think like that it's crazy that we did this um i can i can give you an example first if you want yeah to think about that'd be great it. so <laughs> the, the way that this popped into my head was i was i was driving home and i looked next to me and i saw somebody driving and texting on their phone and so then like for some reason, the immediate thought that popped into my head was that saying, you know, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. And so I was thinking like, you know, is technology right now making driving more dangerous in a way because like people are paying less attention and getting into more accidents but then ultimately technology will make it more safe to drive because it'll probably become automated and so then I thought I wonder if in like 20 years or maybe longer than that maybe 50 years who knows that people will look back at now and think man that's crazy that you guys were just operating these huge vehicles and driving around and you could just like crash into stuff and like it'll just seem like wild that, that that was our reality. Yeah, like you could drive your own car? That's crazy. I yeah, I don't like imagine. A, a niche thing that like only people do on like a race course or you have to have some kind of special license for it or something.
1: Yeah, wow. Okay, so I guess uh I'm going to try and think one. Ben, you got one?
2: Um, do you mean like sort of things that we're doing or just things like in general about society?
0: Just, yeah, things in general about it could be something that you're doing but just like things yeah. that are fairly commonplace today.
2: Uh, well, I mean there's the things I'm sort of optimistic about, um, but don't necessarily think are sort of likely. When whenever I look in sort of projections to the future, I think the mistake people make is uh they 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 look too linearly, right? And they don't think of sort of uh back currents. And for one one of the examples I think that uh uh always comes to mind for me is that, you know, Probably like 80 years ago, people wouldn't be thinking we'd still be wearing denim jeans. Mm-hmm. They'd probably be thinking that, oh, no. At that Silver point, jumpsuit. Ha- right. They'll have invented space-age fabrics that are way more comfortable, way higher performance, and that's what they'll wear. Why would they still wear antiquated materials? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's, I think what will be surprising is what's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, so 20 years down the, the line is really interesting. So take the self-driving cars, for example. Uh, if you go if you walk a few blocks you'll uh oh well, depending on the neighborhood you're in there's a pretty good chance you'll see a car that's like 15 years old and mm-hmm. you might see one that's 20 years old you might see one you know early sort of 90s or you know late 80s would be pretty especially trucks i always see sort of like older trucks still around yeah right. um, so i think that's that's the way it'll be i think i'll be more surprised at uh what still stays around and i think there'll still be mostly the new stuff but the the old stuff will still sort of be blended in and then here's the thing right that next sort of version of hipster will be sort of retroing on things that we think are sort of junk that our generations are sort of retroing against now right so right now if like hipster kind of coffee places are really popular 20 years from now, the thing that'll blow me away is seeing somebody making like really shitty, like Folgers coffee out of a drip coffee maker. And they actually say, no, no, no I, I'm really into this sort of burnt plastic flavor.
1: It's just real salt of the earth stuff. You know,
2: it's not special. It's just, it's yeah. more authentic. It's not one of those pretentious sort of pour pour over things. Right. So they'll, 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 they'll flip back onto something else yeah. that will be like, really? So I think that's what will surprise us.
1: Everything but stamps, stamps are gone. That's my. So, that's mine.
0: This is a vintage Ed Hardy shirt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, no. No, I hope not. Like, Ed Hardy shirts will be, like, the new
2: kind of, like, conservative flannel shirt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the, the essentials.
2: Uh, Ed Hardy Mike, shirts. you
0: got anything? Yeah, I, I said it. Stamps. <laughs> oh, stamps. That's stamps. It. Those will be archaic. They're I feel, barbarians. I feel safe. Experience. I feel safe saying stamps are or going. Or maybe just mailing things, if you go far enough.
1: No, I don't think so. Wormhole it to me. How else am I going to get my merch out there?
0: <laughs>
1: Wormhole, baby. Oh, you think we're going to have teleportation stuff? Hopefully. One That'd can great. hope. Amazon Instant. Right. I like it. Yeah.
0: Coin that phrase right now. <laughs> Trademark it. There. You, I just mailed it to you, so now you have it trademarked. Thanks. I I'll do, get it in a few days.
2: I do think that uh, YouTube won't be the dominant video platform.
0: 20 years? No. I mean, I mean... Yeah, I doubt will people even years. be sitting in front of a computer watching a video uh, or on their phone or maybe I don't like know beamed into their head.
1: No, I don't think that'll ever happen.
2: <laughs> Come, I'm, I'm, like, from
1: the, I'm from the South and I guarantee you nobody's getting like chips implanted into them.
2: <laughs> yeah, you guys just got internet. Yeah, man. Just now.
1: It's crazy. I just found out you can watch things on YouTube, all kinds of stuff. I've just been watching Jerry Springer videos all the time.
2: <laughs> VHS. Yeah. All right,
0: what are you guys obsessed with? Jerry Springer videos on YouTube. <laughs> Loving them. Uh, hey, no. it's late 90s goodness, man. It's coming back.
1: I mean, they are kind of funny. It's not my obsession, but they are funny. That Mari, Mari Povich. I like more. him more than Jerry.
2: You're all you're all about the paternity test.
1: <laughs> it is. You are not the father. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> Celebrating, dance in the
1: halls. Yep. All right. My obsession this week. It is the glue bot. It's like a lot of people use like an old ketchup bottle or an old mustard bottle, and that's great. Yeah. It works fine. But I really like this thing called the glue bot. It's made by FastCap, and it makes it to where you can pour glue, and the bottle is still vertical. It's genius.
0: You can glue and, upside uh, down.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll uh I'll maybe put it on our Instagram or something like that for people who have never seen in our tools section. In our tools section, there we go. Go to modernmakerpodcast forward slash tools. We'll have affiliate links, but they're really <laughs> cheap. You can get them on Amazon for like five or eight bucks. So it's not anything you're going to spend a lot of money on. But it just my gluing has become a lot cleaner because I spill less. It only comes out when you squeeze it. Mm-hmm. Is basically all I'll say. So it's a lot more. Just a lot more user-friendly. Nice. I like it.
2: For me, it's a it's a few things. Um, so I'm getting ready. I'm leaving for Uganda uh, relatively soon. And uh, so I've been sort of getting prepared. And so I've been researching uh, mosquito repellents because, you know, malaria sounds <laughs> not fun. Um, so one, I have this like anti-malaria medication that I have to start taking pretty soon like i think like a seven days before i i I leave but i also was looking into uh sort of this like you know mosquito repellents and stuff like that and then also sort of mosquito netting and i think there's like an interesting design opportunity with sort of mosquito netting so i've tried using them before and i found that when you have this sort of tent thing sort of dangling over your bed it's really easy to get tangled up into it Mm. and like tear it all down accidentally especially <laughs> if it's just like attached to uh drywall like a hook and drywall so one i think there's a better way to sort of uh drape and build quick sort of infrastructure f- uh for those so that's something i'm sort of uh thinking about and the other one would be some sort of like active system because uh, often if you have mosquitoes you're also hot right yeah, you are. Like you're not. It's not. There's no mosquitoes right now in Oklahoma, right, Mike? No. Too cold. Guaranteed. So, thinking of something like, uh, like the inflatable sort of bouncy castles, where there's like a small fan that helps keep it more sort of inflated and sort of buoyant. So you, so you're getting like all the things. Air movement. It's not sort of claustrophobic, um, but it's still inside sort of like a mesh tent that's keeping the the little bitey guys out. Yeah, you can um, just
1: make an anti gravity mosquito net. It's easy.
2: Exactly. Also. <laughs> When, whenever I've been traveling in sort of uh, uh, less developed parts of the world, um, you never know what can happen. You know, I've had a lot. I've been in taxis that have broken down and uh, no flat, you know, no spare tire, and all sorts of weird situations um, in various parts of the world. So, I was looking at sort of a uh, looking at new multi tools, um, and I mean that's a fun thing to shop for. It's like it's a little bit of self Christmas shopping. <laughs> So I was checking out, you know, the different sort of Leatherman and the, SO, the SOG tools or the SOG ones. Uh, my sister has, like, the like the switch lock pliers where you, like, hit the button and, like, the pliers ratchet out. And I always thought that was cool. They're a little bit heavy. Um, so I bought, like, a bunch of them and have been sort of testing those them out. And the one I really like right now is called the it's the SOG. They're on a the sponsor. I just think it's cool. It's the SOG Reactor. Um and what I like about it is I don't like Swiss Army knives. I feel, I feel like they have too many things that I'll never use. Uh Yeah, you know, I agree.
1: And t- it's hard to get to things unless you have long fingernails and stuff. Yeah.
2: And if your fingernails are long, then they just like get bent back. Ah, gross. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh like you can yeah, let me tell you what you can do with those little <laughs> crappy scissors. <laughs> um So what I like about this thing is really just the basic. It has good pliers, wire cutters, uh, you know, in the sort of the the lower sort of jaws of the pliers, uh, screwdriver, flathead, and Phillips, nice, and a knife, and like that's it. Yeah, that's right? what
1: you use ninety percent of the time with any other multi-tool. Right.
2: Yeah. You can cut wire. You can cut things with the knife. Uh, you can and stab you people can un- if you need unscrew to. Unscrew things, and you can pull out their teeth with the pliers. <laughs> um, so it's also just like a good size, not too heavy. There are other sort of, you know, sort of you know, the, the one Jesse has is just a little too heavy for like carrying in a pocket. Um, and I, I'm not really ready to be full on sort of belt holster guy.
0: Come on. <laughs> you can put that next to your oh. cell phone
1: holster.
2: Oh, oh, yeah. Only if it's for my flip phone,
0: a <laughs> <laughs> sidekick. Yeah. Uh, let's see for me. So I, I really was gonna say <laughs> the impact driver. But yeah, I go guess for I already it. talked about that. So, well, I, okay, I'll say one more thing about the impact driver. So what I guess my aha moment of like these things are magic was when I was putting together the, the little shelf thing. So it's got a box that sits in between two legs and I glued them to it, but I always screw from the inside of the box into the leg. So you can't see it unless you open up the cabinet. And so I had three of the screws in there. And the fourth one I was putting in, this was before I had the impact driver, I was just doing it by hand and it stripped like, go like halfway in. And I was like, Oh, it's fine. I'll just get a different screw and I'll, I'll replace it later so then i had the impact driver and i was just like kind of playing around with it and i was like oh let me just go over to that thing and just like see what happens so i stick it in there start drilling just boom, drove it right in like yeah. it was didn't hot even... knife through butter didn't <laughs> even phase it and i was just like god dang
2: it doesn't it never jacks up your wrist right like you ever like
0: oh yeah where like tw- yeah i know what you're talking about
2: <laughs> i always do that with like a hole saw like torques your uh, wrist <laughs>
0: But um, so to choose something else, though, I'll say, you know, with a Christmas having just passed my well, one of the things that we got for our son, uh, Dolores chose it out, was she wanted to get him like a marble set, you know, where you build all the tracks and then you run the marbles through it. And so I was thinking of the ones that I had when I was little that were like the plastic ones where there's usually two male and female parts on either side. And then, you know, you kind of like build up little towers or whatever. Um, And those are cool. But she bought this other one. So I didn't know what it was going to be until we got it. And I was putting it together, which I put an Instagram video on Christmas Eve, or I guess like Christmas morning at like one in the morning, I put up a video of me building it so it could be set up when he got up. But um, it's all wood and it's made of uh, like the tower pieces, I think are probably hardwood or, you know, solid wood. And then the tracks are Baltic birch plywood. So then I just got like one of my little extra Baltic, birch pieces. And I, we use that for the base so that it can match, but like, it's really oh, nice. Gosh. It's really cool looking. Um, it gets like in the booklet, it's the company's called Hape. I want to say H-A-P-E. Um, yeah. Like it's actually a cool looking like decoration. Like I wouldn't, I don't mind having it like set up and displayed. Yeah. It just like looks cool. It's colorful and wooden, uh, fits, fits my aesthetic. So yeah. Um, if you got, I'd say our son's probably a little bit too young for it. It might be more tailored towards like a, like seven and up is probably ideal. Seven, the age. Not the name, um, and up, uh, but yeah, it's cool. I, I have fun with it. So good for thirty-seven year olds, also.
1: Awesome. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I hope you enjoyed twenty seventeen. It was the birth of the Modern Maker Podcast.
0: Yes. Uh, so but
1: not the death. I hope not. Two thousand eighteen. <laughs> so we'll see you again in January. I don't think we're skipping a week. We're I don't think we're so. we're keeping this train we're rolling, roll. we're, it, baby. We're keeping this marble rolling. <laughs> so, if wanna, so if you want to, so if you want to follow us on Instagram, I've said it before, I'll say it again. At Modern Maker Podcast, that's for the podcast. At Benjamin Ueda, for you guessed it, Ben. At Four Eyes Furniture for Chris, and at hey, Modern Builds for me. If you want to watch our Dwell Made videos, just search Dwell Made on YouTube. We'll be at the top. There's not a lot of other videos with those keywords. Uh, so yeah, have a great rest of your holidays. Have a great New Year's, and we'll see you in January. Bye, everybody. Happy New Year. Bye.